You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship, and I'm here in the studio, but I am joined remotely by um, two Focus on the Liturgy alum, (laughs) Danielle Noe. Hi, Danielle. Welcome back. And Timothy Johnston. Hello, Timothy. Hello, everyone. It's now, great to be with you again. It, yeah, and and Danielle, you and I are at least. Uh, um, I'm at ODW. You're at Liturgy Training Publications. Uh, Long time um, co-host on this show, but Timothy, at our last broadcast, which was before it was the October broadcast, you <laughs> had just announced that you had a a new job, and so you are. You are uh, broadcasting from Washington, D.C., where you are the director for the Office of Worship for the Archdiocese of, Sh- of, of Washington. Of Washington, yeah. <laughs> That's great. It's easy to get into that pattern, right? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, exactly. Uh, and we are in literally the final days of Advent, um, li- literally the last, day, uh, the last days, as Christmas is this coming Saturday. And uh, so... Uh, particularly with that music that introduced us, not hard to figure out what our topic is going to be. The cri- <laughs> Christmas and the the Christmas season. We're going to break it open. We're going to unpack the, um, the the look at the text. We're going to look at the theology and the spirituality behind not just the season but the feasts that make up the season. And Danielle, I know this is your favorite time of the yes. year, literally. Yeah. It's a perfect show to come back to <laughs> Christmas. So. Yeah, yeah, I see you're all decorated in the back. You know, I am. Yeah, it should not be a surprise to anyone. <laughs> well, that's great. Timothy, uh, Timothy says too much Christmas. I said it's a Christmas show. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it makes perfect sense. Uh, yes. It is. It is the great. Yeah, the 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 great feast of Christmas. Um, I mean, uh, Timothy. Just we know we know Danielle loves it. What what's your regard for this particular season? Oh, of course, I love I love Christmas. Um, but Advent is really my season. You know, moving in into that, I love I love Advent. But yeah, I love I love the simplicity sometimes of of Christmas. And as we've talked about on the show before, and and certainly I'm sure Danielle's talked about um, when she was on the show before as well. There's so much great uh, hymnody and text that draw us really into the mystery of the incarnation, and and I know that's one of the things Danielle likes to to talk about. And it's that's that's something really important to focus on and think about uh, is that it isn't just about a baby, but it is about God becoming flesh. And I just really taking the times in, in, in a relatively short season compared to many of our other seasons in the year um, to take the time to really reflect on on that and be attentive to what what that means for my living. You know, you mentioned the um, uh, the hymnody and and in, in, later in the show, I, I want I would like us to spend some time with that, particularly with you two and, and your um your, your views or, or um, ideas or thoughts about some of the, the most cherished hymns and some of those texts that we might not be too aware of uh, in, in, in terms of that. But you, you mentioned it, Timothy, that uh, Christmas, I think, can be up to three weeks, almost three weeks long. This year, <laughs> it will be just two weeks in one day. And there's a couple of oddities uh, uh, about this this coming uh, Christmas season in terms of how other feasts fall during the season. We'll we'll touch on that as well. But uh, like you said, Timothy, it's 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 not as as long as Easter, right? Which is which is 50 days, seven weeks. This is just two weeks, but it marks the most profound mystery of our faith that we have. That, mm-hmm. that mystery of, of, that you alluded to, Timothy, the, the, the mystery of, of God taking human form. Right. And it is such a profound mystery. And we, you know, we focus so much on the birthday, right? Um, there's a lot of sentimental connections to that. And, and that's completely fine. But I think, you know, starting there and bringing people into a, a deeper appreciation of what Christmas really leads us into is this, not only this birth of this child, but we always look at that through this post-resurrection lens, right? And who does this child lead us to? Who does this child become? Um, And, you know, Christmas and Easter, I think, you know, ordinary time gives us that meaning of who, who Jesus is for us. And by his incarnation, him dwelling among us, that God kissed the earth. And right at Psalm 85, that Advent Psalm, that justice and peace will kiss. You know, that's Mm. Isaiah the prophet, you know, pointing us to that deeper meaning of what Christmas really is about. And we've talked about this. All three of us have talked about this before. Our culture does our our culture does great in terms of preparation you know air quotes mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know uh, C- christmas was in the stores in october so we do a great job of leading up to it and we i think our our culture our society does that with just about every holiday we don't mm-hmm. do really well with the celebrating after no so no. and and the fact that that christmas is two weeks long so so for two weeks two whole weeks we celebrate the hodie today christ mm-hmm. christ mm-hmm. you know christ 
was born. God took human flesh today. Right. Yeah. There, there's this image, um, and this is, I don't know, I, I've been thinking about this lately, that I, I'm glad you said that, Todd, this, the, the ODA, the, the today, that there's this inbreaking. Yes. I mean, that, that's the incarnation. Like it, and, and that's why I love John's prologue um, that, that we hear, but the, the inbreaking of God into human history in a very particular way. Um, so that we might be saved, so that we might have salvation. I think when we think about that, and, and, and that, that the collect, I was just looking at the collect for the vigil mass even, and, and I didn't look at it all the way through, but, oh God who gladden us year by year as we wait in hope for our redemption, that, that this idea of inbreaking, that we, as we come back to this feast year after year, that we are filled with joy for the profound gift that we have been given through the incarnation. And, and and again, how our prayer text, how those unfold, whether it be the vigil mass or the scripture readings or whatever, they are forming us to be better Christians in that sense, to understand the theology of what we're celebrating um, in a profound way. You, you just made me think of my favorite line, literally my favorite line from the Benedictus. The dawn from on high shall break upon us. That's the that's the image yeah. I think you were just talking about, the inbreaking that, you know, mm-hmm. God, God breaks into all of our lives in countless different ways, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 um, and sometimes some very profound ways. God breaks into our lives through our relationships, uh, th- you know, through, your, through our spouses or our family members, our dear friends, sometimes in crises, in tragedy. But but God does break into our world, into our lives, and Christmas celebrates the most profound way that God the Father has done that in taking on the form of his own creation. It was just since you brought up light, both the collects for Mass at night and the one at dawn and probably the one during the day, which I didn't look at quite yet, um, but both the one at night and at dawn talk about light in some way. Yeah. Like there's some image image in that. And so it is a powerful uh, image of, of the light of Christ. I mean, we use that language. We hear that again at Easter, of course. Um, but that, that in breaking, even what's happening naturally in, in the Northern hemisphere, um, it, you know, it light begins to increase um, as, as we move. Th- that, that is, that is a, um, that is a, uh, a foundational symbol of Christmas. We're going to have to take a break in just a couple minutes, but let's start up. Let's start talking about that now. We'll pick it up when we come back. But that whole idea of lights and the importance of light, and 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 you mentioned it in your gospel, or, uh, in your reference to John's prologue, Timothy. The, the 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 light has come into the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness uh, does not overcome it. Talk, right. Both both of you yeah. talk about that for a little bit, for, for just a bit. I mean, the, I th- I think that is absolutely beautiful. Well, think about our Advent experience, yes. right? We yes. were counting down to Christmas by lighting another candle, another candle on the Advent wreath. Because it's been getting so dark. To, <laughs> exactly. And pointing us to that fullness of light, that full circle 
that embraces us. Mm-hmm. You know, we move into Christmas and and we'll talk about this more later in the show, but that transitional aspect of of Christmas of moving from birth to epiphany, right? right. The light to all nations, that the light of Christ comes in to break open the darkness, to conquer the darkness, to fill us with with light that we then turn become as his adopted sons and daughters we become the light for others you know christmas we often think of of a baptism as uh, as an easter conversation but really christmas is a prime opportunity for baptismal catechesis because of the inbreaking of of christ in our world and giving us that light at baptism that we are then to extend to other people timothy Gosh, I think she summed it up in in, in a great way. Um, well, I go ahead. You think you think of that that image of darkness, though, uh, and particularly this year, right? I mean, there's so much that has happened that is dark. The violence, the violence here in Chicago, the viol- Timothy and, and, and Danielle, I, and definitely our listeners. I don't think you two know this, but my hometown is Oxford, Michigan. I grew up oh. in Oxford, Michigan. My, my, oh, I didn't realize that. The house I yeah. the house I lived in was is three miles from Oxford High School, where four mm. students the week before last were shot, where seven others were hurt. There is dar- the world can seem dark, and so that whole idea of Christ as light chasing that darkness away chasing literally transforming the darkness um the dark and and that that line from john the darkness does not overcome it that's what christmas proclaims and and i think that's a great point i'm glad you you brought that up todd just even that example because i i was just finishing up editing daily prayer 23 and a lot of the, I, I was telling both Danielle and one of the other editors that it's easy to kind of get into the mind of, of the author and sort of where they're at, or you get some sense of where they're at. And the particular author talks a lot about darkness and yeah. sadness and wow. being wounded. And, and as you talk about this, I think about um, how difficult it can be for some folks to have hope in that light mm-hmm. when things seem so dark, where there is so much heaviness, whether it be in their life or in the example that you shared of, of the tragedy at the school. Um, it, how, and that's a question I think I wrestle with sometimes during this season is how do we have hope? Because we know what's been proclaimed. We know that what John's gospel says, we know that that Christ is the light who comes. We hear that even at the Easter vigil, right? Right, right. Um, and that, that darkness will be no more. It's been conquered. And yet we still experience it. So it's that both and or... Um, you know, not quite yet. I think, but, it, but we, I, I think it's and Danielle, you'll you'll love this. Um, uh, I I think it's just the reality that we need Christmas. We need this season. Mm-hmm. Our our mm-hmm. faith needs this season. Our yeah. our our relationship with God uh, and with the church need this season, and even our relationship with the world. Right? It's, right. We, we need well, uh-huh. Christmas. The high seasons are purposeful because they're opportunities yeah. for renewal to to remind ourselves of the of the Paschal mystery, what Jesus came for, what He does for us, and how we live that mystery. 
I, oh, yeah. yeah. We need Christmas. Yep. And we need Christmas and we need its symbols. And that's and light is a primary mm-hmm. one. There are other symbols, too. Let's pick those up when we come back from this very first break. Sure. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more Focus on the Liturgy after these messages. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. With angelic As you think about year-end contributions, we at Catholic Charities thank you for considering a donation. 100% of every donation goes directly to our charitable work. Every donation allows us to continue to offer programs and services that affirm, strengthen, and empower those we serve as they work toward becoming self-sufficient. We are financially independent from the Archdiocese of Chicago, and we are proud of our Platinum Guide Star rating as a nonprofit. For more than 100 years, Catholic Charities has been helping homeless, hungry, and troubled neighbors in Cook and Lake counties. We would be honored to have your support in our 2021 year-end appeal. Visit catholiccharities.net to donate or call 312-948-6087. The number again is 312-948-6087. Thank you for being partners with us in the mission of Catholic Charities. I feel special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ 750, Catholic Chicago, but also streaming on YouTube and on Facebook. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications. And I'm Timothy Johnston from the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington. And we three are together to talk uh, on, as Danielle says, our Christmas show. So we're breaking open all, all the, the aspects of this holy, sacred, and absolutely 
um, meaningful season. And we were talking about the symbols, you guys, and and the light, and and um, and I uh, how important we think how important that symbolism is this year. We need Christmas. We need Christ. We need mm-hmm. the light that shines in the darkness. But there are others. There are other uh, symbols of the season that kind of do the same thing, right? Oh yes, absolutely. Well, um, the, uh, the evergreen, for example, I think that, um, now's a good time to talk about the Christmas tree. Todd, you have always had a really great explanation of the tree with the shape of the tree in toward, terms of pointing to heaven and what we put around the base of the yes, tree. Yes, yeah, uh, that's do you right. Wanna, do you want to talk right. about that? I want to put you on the spot. But oh my God, no, 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 I do remember, I do remember. Yeah, well, I mean, it, 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 the, the tree itself um, it, it is a symbol of Christ, right? It, it, is, it mm-hmm. is draped in light. And, and even that, that photo that Brian, our producer, was just put on the, the YouTube feed, um, it was was it, literally the tree was awash with light and 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 it is yes it, it's pointing towards heaven but what's what what's on the top of of most trees an angel right or mm-hmm. or a star so the or heavens mm-hmm. the heavens yeah. and then w- w- traditionally what many people put uh, on, at the base of the tree is the the creche or a a, mm-hmm. a, a village right a, a Christmas village. Mm-hmm. And even, but even if it's the crash, it's so you have you have earth, the 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 town or the crash uh, uh, underneath the tree, and at the very top you have the angel, and what connects heaven and earth? Right, right. That's Christ. That's why the tree right. is a symbol of Christ. Uh, Christ is is that which connects the the heavens and the earth. One other observation about the tree that just uh, came to me is what what shape in general is a tree? Yeah, the triangle. It, it, it is triangle. So it's a trinitarian. Yep. What what is life in the trinity? It's about relationship. What about Christmas? The indwelling of God to bring us into new relationship, right relationship with God in the world. Um you mentioned how putting uh, most people uh, put at the base of the tree villages or or the crash mm-hmm. um the nativity is of course um, yeah. one of the yep. most beloved symbols of christmas and and of course it focuses on 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 birth but it also has that transitional aspect um you know we we uh we we might put it out in advent of of mary and joseph waiting for the birth adding the child at Christmas with the birth, you know, adding the wise men at Epiphany, we have that pilgrimage aspect to how we how we practice those in our home. But in terms of nativity itself, you know, it started by St. Francis yep. with, with living nativities, and it has become a very beloved uh, tradition that we, we, we bless the crush. But it points to, you know, the very dirty, poor mm-hmm. aspect of Christmas, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, he wasn't born as as a king in in riches and mansions. He was born in in a manger in hay where animals do their business, where they eat. It was not pretty. Christmas really thought the reality of the Christmas story is not a very pretty situation. And so and, and and what grows out of that is this joy and celebration and hope and optimism. So it, it gives that message of great joy to all those people in this world who are broken, mm-hmm. who have been victims of violence, yeah. who are victims of oppression, who are refugees looking for a homeland and are turned away, right? Isn't that the story yep. of Christmas? Yep. 
And we, we, we forget that, that they are refugees mm -hmm. in the story, ultimately, right. that they have to flee. And there's something really profound about that, especially in, in our current time and day, mm -hmm. for us to continue to reflect on that, um, that, that the Holy Family uh, and what, what the Incarnation teaches us, all of us have dignity, all of us are, are about building the kingdom right. of God. And we, we need to welcome the stranger, just right. as Christ was welcomed, just as in the dream that Joseph has, they have to flee, and they're welcomed into a new land um, when they get there, and Jesus is right. raised in that new land. I'm glad you, you mentioned dignity in that, because when I, when I teach about Catholic social teaching, you know, I always start with the creation story itself, but I, I tie that, I segue that into the Christmas story because of that. Like, Todd's going to laugh, but my favorite phrase, that recapitulation of all of creation. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's restoring yes. this world mm -hmm. into uh, dignity that as created in the image and likeness of God, that is inherent to us. And that the Christmas story, as you said, Timothy, it gives dignity to all of creation, not just humanity, but, you know, who is present in this major, but it, 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 all creation, you know, yep. it, it, the animals are in there, shepherds. Uh, yep. uh, right. And well, I mean, I think that that's, the, that's a great point to make because, um, sorry, Todd. No, go ahead. Uh, but that, that uh, part of this inbreaking into human history, this inbreaking into the world, I mean, we can think about Laudato Si. Mm -hmm. It is an inbreaking into creation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it plays very well into what we teach in the Catholic community at the Catholic Church about sacramentality right. and the importance of that. So oh this gosh. inbreaking not only helps me understand my own dignity as, as someone created in the engine likes of God, but why we need to be stewards of all creation in healthy, helpful ways that yeah. we're, we're looking at our resources. I, and I know people are like, well, it's Christmas. Um, you know, we want the, the saccharine <laughs> stories of the baby yeah. in the manger. And, and to be honest, you know, some of those saccharine stories that we hear in, in our, our uh, Christmas carols, those probably just aren't the reality of, like, as you said, the manger was messy. Um, yeah. There was probably stress in Mary and Joseph's uh, experience of that. Um, you know, so there, there's, there's a, a real experience. We can't over-romanticize, but we do honor and adore certainly the experience because we all have some example of that, of being rejected and turned away. We have a an example of being welcomed okay. um christmas I love is how you sacramental talk about the, the stress of, of, oh yes of mary and joseph <laughs> last year i think it was if i'm not mistaken pope francis had um he, they always have varying images of the nativity in the vatican and there was and i've seen different um uh, artistic representations of this but it's a sleeping mary with joseph taking care yes. of the child I love that so much because, you know, like you said, Timothy, we put a very saccharine sentimental view on the nativity story, but the rea but Mary and Joseph, child Jesus, even though he's fully divine and fully human, it was a human family. She had to, to breastfeed. She was exhausted. How many parents go, right. you know, with a newborn child, just because it's God doesn't mean that didn't happen right. in his full humanity. We forget right. that, you know, and they're living in a manger. How yeah. difficult is that? <laughs> it's it it, it it is very earthy and like you said, very messy. Mm -hmm. But in that, Timothy, like you said, uh, it's very sacramental as well. And and mm -hmm. and and this this isn't just 
this isn't just for the day, right? Remember, this this is being broadcast uh, on Wednesday before Christmas, but it's also going to be rebroadcast on the 29th, right in the middle of the octave. So, you know, even even just for um, those people who, you know, toss the Christmas tree on December 26th, <laughs> Christmas itself, <laughs> right? Christmas itself goes from the 25th. We, it's a, uh, we have a whole, the whole first week of Christmas is the octave. Right. All right. And, right. and, and the, uh, in an octave, each day holds uh, the, the rank of a solemnity. And so in mm-hmm. uh, one way to say it is we, you know, we celebrate Christmas day. We, the celebration of Christmas is is eight days. It it is the octave. Easter has an and octave. And we sing the Gloria. Yep, we mm-hmm. sing the Gloria on each day, and each day the prayer uses the word today. Today, mm-hmm. today our Savior yeah. is born. Right today, God has come into the world. Today our salvation has come. It's and and and, and we do that. We do that for those full eight days. And and Danielle, you made mention of this. The season. I mean. It only begins with Christmas Day, but it really right. is—it really is a season of three movements, right? Right. So we move from from uh, the Christmas Day with the birth, um, and as we travel through the octave, you know what happens right after Christmas Day? We're suddenly faced with the blood of Jesus and yes. martyrdom, um, which can be disconcerting to those that are are really are dwelling within the birth story. So Saint Stephen and Saint John and the uh, Holy Innocents. The song that we heard coming in from break was uh, Coventry Carol, which tells the story of the Holy mm-hmm. Innocents and the firstborn males being killed by by Herod. Um, and then just, we, oh, go ahead. Go just, ahead. I just want to add, it's so fascinating. Like most people I don't know make that connection because mm-hmm. that's such a beautiful hymn or mm-hmm. that te- and, and there's a sweetness to the yes. melody, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. But the text, when you read into that, Oh, it's dark. Wow. It's dark. It's it is. It dark. is. Let's pick mm-hmm. it up there when we come back from this second break. We're talking about the movement of the Christmas season. Stay with us. We'll be back right after these messages. Joyful and triumphant. Oh, come Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. 
To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit. From servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic Appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, our parish is the largest one in the archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food, and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shining far through shadows dim, giving the light for those who long have gone, guiding the place where Jesus lay. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. We are talking about... Danielle, it would not be a, 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 a music compilation of yours without a country piece. <laughs> That's great. Oh my goodness! We're talking about Christmas. We're breaking open the Christmas season, and uh, right before right before that last break, uh, we were talking about the movement of the season. And Danielle, you started to to make mention about how we it begins begins um, just in, initially, obviously, with Christmas Eve and and uh, Christmas Day, then moves into the octave and the um, the uh, comites Christi. The, the 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 traditional term is the companions of Christ. Uh, who who uh, who 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 die? Um, Saint Stephen and Saint John and and the Holy Innocents and and uh, uh, how how that 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 the incarnation is immediately faced with that and and then and really kind of the three main movements of the season are are uh, made up of Christmas, Epiphany, and then the baptism. Right? You're you're muted, Danielle. There we go. Sorry about that. Yes, of course. So the the great movements of, of Epiphany and the baptism of the Lord, which so we move from birth to the light to all nations. And here are, you know, the Magi traveling from foreign lands, following this star, this light, right? So that, again, we hear that symbol of light that permeates the season and following that light to the fullness that that brings. And then they they leave, right? And <laughs> yeah. go a different route. Yep. So they are then supposed to tell that story, share that light with others. Um, 
I find it interesting how, you know, leading up to Epiphany, we have those stories of martyrdom and then Holy Family and, and Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, because I, I, I think it gives you a segue or, or, or a transition, a pilgrimage of, you know, the, the challenges that Christmas brings to following Christ, that the cross is still present. Oh, oh yes, um, yes. You know, to take on that cross in order to share the light, we have to take on that cross. So that's still that's still present in that transition. And then it moves from Epiphany to Baptism of the Lord. So it's the launch of Jesus's public ministry, which segues right into ordinary time, which gives us that hinge season, right, of Okay, now the work of Christmas begins. There's a beautiful poem that I absolutely love about, it, it's kind of a play on, on Matthew 25, but once this wonderful season of, of indwelling, of incarnation and light and, and ministry um, is over, then we have work to do, yeah, right? Yeah. To feed the poor, to shelter the homeless, um, to be welcoming to the stranger. You know, that's that's what Christmas calls us. To do all we can to allow justice and peace to kiss. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that, that idea of, of, um, of epiphany and revelation. Timothy, talk, talk a little bit about, uh, just about that, that idea. Because we've said Christmas is, it's, it's, a, it's a sacramental season. It's a season of the incarnation. It's a season of light. But it's also, it's also a season of revelation. It's a season of, uh, of epiphany. Yeah, so these these epiphanies, you know, we get different uh, uh, insights in, in different ways. I mean, it's basically an epiphany is this revelation of God in some way. And so each of those stories, um, so whether it be the Magi, uh, historically um, connected to this would have been the wedding feast of Cana, the baptism of Jordan, which was now what we hear, um, of course, on the feast of the baptism of the Lord. But each of these is where is God trying to show the world this is my only son, um, to help reveal, um, to uncover, if you will, um, who has been sent for our salvation. And so, you know, we don't, now we, we on Epiphany, we always hear the story of the Magi now. In the Eastern churches, that still rotates uh, on Epiphany between the other three uh, three Gospels. But we do hear them um, in, in the coming weeks. So, uh, usually in most years, I'm not good at remembering which cycle they're in. Um, but we do, we do hear them um, within the cycle still in that sense. And it's a great time then for us to also continue to imagine what is this in our own life? It isn't just about the story that happens, right? That, you know, John baptizes Jesus in the Jordan, but it's about what do we, or how are we continuing to see this epiphany unfold? How are we continuing to see the presence of God, the announcement, the name of God being proclaimed that, oh, like, this is, this is real, this is true. Because it goes right into what Daniel was saying. Like, when we we have work to do right in ordinary mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and those epiphanies those experiences of god that we have where where there's just clarity in the moment whether it be at mass whether it be in in working with the poor or sitting next to someone who who is dying or just in your day-to-day -day commute that is that's that's what helps us remember our day-to-day -day work in, in a, yeah in a in a way you're talking i mean as i'm as i'm listening to you so i'm wondering and i think our listeners might might be invited to reflect on this as well. So how will Christ be made manifest to me uh, mm -hmm. this this year, this season? How, how will Christ be revealed to me in in this season? What if, what epiphanies are we called to have then? Yeah. 
And also, how how do people recognize Christ in us? Yeah. Right? By the work that we do that as a baptized Christian, you know, we're we're obviously to be Christ like to to model Christ for others. So how how are we a revelation to others? How do they recognize Christ by how we interact with one another and love one another? Yeah, yeah, and we've 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 done this before. Like I would invite folks, whether it be on the epiphany itself or baptism of the Lord, I'm gonna use baptism of the Lord as my example here. Is I invite you when you're praying with that gospel to imagine yourself in the story, mm-hmm. um, as as Timothy, as Danielle, as Todd, as whoever. Uh, like if you were present there, but then I want you to imagine praying with it again. Like Ignatius invites us to do Saint Ignatius to imagine yourself being one of the characters in the story, and take a time to really journal and think about how would you respond, especially like at the baptism of the Lord, because I would bet this is my own assumption. There were people present at that baptism, and Danielle, what you just said made me think of this. That didn't pay attention. They Did, were not. They didn't hear the voice. God was revealing, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. It was only those who wow. had a desire or were present to what was happening that that probably heard that good news. And that's us. Sometimes we're sometimes the one. There is an epiphany, but we're not ready for it yet, or right. we're not paying attention, or we're not listening. Right. Well, no one said Christianity was easy. Right. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. All of that, though, I mean, so so in a sense, in these three movements, nativity, epiphany, baptism, it these are all, in, in some, some senses, the, these are various aspects of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Christ the beloved mm-hmm. ch- son, Christ the beloved child. Christ the Redeemer, the, the, the promised Messiah. Uh, you know, I think, I think part of that is what's revealed in the wedding feast of Cana, the very first miracle or the very first sign, yeah. the very first sign, as John says. Um, that, you know, uh, the Christ the newborn king in the, in the creche and, and in, in the manger. These are all various aspects of the Christ, the one who, mm-hmm. the one who came to being the kingdom of God. And that's and that's the whole season, <laughs> with right. with all with all of its with all of its symbols and and yeah sets us up as you guys said for the year. Remember, this is the very we're still at the very beginning of our new liturgical year, and and in a sense, this season is what's gonna it's gonna catapult us into the rest of the year of grace twenty twenty two, and right. Danielle yeah. and, and Danielle and Timothy, you know we we talk about it the so what. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We always have to ask that question. You know, what does all this mean? What, what, am what difference challenge to do? How, how do I, if, if God is really it, an indwelling within each and every one of us, right? Because as baptized, we're part of the body of Christ and Christ is present in us and through us. How are we the hands and feet of Christ then yeah. in the world? Yeah. How, how, how do we, it, it, it's got the Paschal character. How do we live out of our, Mm -hmm. how do we live out our baptism? How do we, in, in having, having celebrated this, this feast of the incarnation, having, having celebrated this uh, feast of, of, of epiphany and revelation, uh, having celebrated the baptism, then uh, what, what difference will that make in our lives and in the world? Can I, I can I share since Danielle read or mentioned a poem earlier? Can I share one of my favorite poems by Denise Levertov? Yeah. Um, and and I'll give a comment on why I think this 
connects with what we're talking about. So this is by uh, one of my favorite poets, Denise Levertov. It's called The Mystery of the Incarnation. And she says, it's when we face for a moment the worst our kind can do and shudder to know the taint in our own selves that awe cracks the mind's shell and enters the heart, not to a flower, not to a dolphin, to no innocent form, but to this creature, vainly sure it and no other is godlike. God, out of compassion for our ugly failure to evolve, entrusts as guest, as brother, the word. Oh my, oh my. And I love wow. that. Yeah, I, you know especially what? that last line. Yeah, yeah, hang, hang on to that. <laughs> hang on to that. I want to hear this when we come back from this, this last break. Stay with us for Focus on the Liturgy. We'll be right back. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it's, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here in Catholic Chicago. 
Facebook and YouTube. We are talking about the great Christmas season, the fullness of this season. Timothy, right before that break, you read um, you read a beautiful poem. Um, you said one of your your favorite Christmas poems. Why is that? You're muted, oh, I think. You did it. <laughs> I thought I hit it. Sorry, I think so. Yeah, so this, this particular poem by Denise Levertov uh, is is just something. It's simple. It, it's simple in the sense that it it captures, even in that simplicity, the profundity of the mystery of what we are celebrating, and that last line, um, or that last part of it, where you know, God out of compassion for our ugly failure to evolve, mm. still entrust as guest, as brother. That's what I like that this, that again, going back to what we started with that in breaking into the world, that the word has been entrusted with us to share uh, to the ends of the earth. As we hear in Mm -hmm. Acts chapter one, verse eight, Mm -hmm. like we are called to share that um, the goodness of the gift of salvation. And that doesn't mean we go beat people over the head, but it does mean by the way we live and the way we communicate, um, which is not easy as we've, we've been talking about, right? It's difficult. I have a hard time doing this. Like um, I can be cynical at times. I can, all of the things, but we've been entrusted to carry forth this good news. And we do rejoice with all the angels and the saints. And we sing that glory to God. Um, It's the gift. Glory to God in that, yeah. It is really the gift of Christmas. We are entrusted with that. Yeah. Timothy, you you raise a really good point because when the angel declared glory to God in the highest, it wasn't just this, yay, let's party, let's have this great (laughs) celebration. But what does it, what does it segue? Peace to people of goodwill, right? And how do Mm -hmm. we be people of goodwill is Mm -hmm. to be imbued with what that calls us. You know, uh, we were going to talk about our favorite Christmas hymns and and the music of Christmas, which is so much a part of Christmas, unlike any other season. Right. Yes. Turn on. I won't mention the call numbers, but you just turn (laughs) on the radio and we've been listening to Christmas since November. But when I, I tend to, to like, Christmas hymns that go beyond the baby in the manger. I've, to be honest, I've never been a big fan of Away in a Manger or A Little Town of Bethlehem. But my favorite hymn is A Holy Night. But specifically the last verse. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name all oppression shall cease. There, if we, there, there is preaching, <laughs> there is preaching in our hymnody, in our Christmas hymns and our Christmas, uh, our Christmas songs. Um, that what I never thought about it like that, Danielle. What a great! There is no other season that is um, so amassed with music, mm-hmm. as right. a, and and we're, we're, we're you know we're, we're talking about poetry. And that's mm-hmm. what hymnody is, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, po- po- it's I'm glad po- you call it preaching. Because <laughs> it is. Yeah, it it's, is. it's poetic. It's poetic. Um, uh, poetic preaching. Um, and, and and I I I there are a number of hymns and songs that go beyond the manger, and and some mm-hmm. even take us to Calgary. Yeah. So, oh, some, yeah. What some even, is this? Yes. Right. Yes. Nail and spear yeah, but... shall pierce him through the cross he bore for me, for you. And that's in a Christmas hymn. What was that, yes. Timothy? 
Well, I was going to say, but how many parishes don't sing that verse because it doesn't show up in our hymnals? Because no. it's you've too made graphic, that point. You've made that point before. I think that's yes. Even even but, we three even we three kings gifts of myrrh right that's a, that's yeah. that's that's a symbol of death uh there's that that one verse sealed in a stone cold tomb cold tomb yeah yeah and danielle you you mentioned it at the beginning no season is absent from the cross no season is there's there Christmas is always celebrated in the shadow of the cross because that right. baby, obviously the baby we celebrate, grew up to die on the cross and to right. save us, to bring, to redeem right. us. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, obviously the liturgical color for Christmas is white, but, you know, we often decorate our churches with red poinsettias. And why do we do that? You know, I mean, to put a meaning to our symbol is the blood of martyrdom the cross is always present that's a visual reminder yes they're pretty and and we and joyful but it's you know it's about martyrdom there's 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 nothing yeah and this isn't making this isn't you know bringing a downer onto christmas this isn't you know no it's it's fleshing out the theology of the Christmas season, it always, right. always points to the Paschal mystery of Christ. God, God so loved the world. It's about sacrifice. So when you're talking about gift of self, you know, we, we give each other gifts at Christmas because we're giving of ourselves to one another. That's about sacrifice. That's bringing in what the cross calls us to be. Yes. So it's always present. And, 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 and what our baptism calls us to. Right. So, so, right. So even the celebration of the baptism of the Lord touches into our baptism and right. what, and what it calls us to Timothy, you were going to say Church. something. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like, uh, the so- songs of thankfulness and praise, for example, uh, fits the epiphany uh, story because it, it recounts those three gospels we mentioned and gives thanks. Why? Because of what the gift has been given. Right. Um, and so we sing songs of thankfulness and praise. I just want to add quickly then. So my, I just pulled up one of my all time favorite Christmas songs is O Come All Ye Faithful. Yeah. And there's something about that, but verse two and is one of the ones that I think is important to reflect on God from God uh, and light from light uh, born of a virgin. It's the creed, you know, sort of summarize or that little section of the creed is a profession of faith. And that's one of the reasons um, I, I, I like that. It reminds reminds us of what we're celebrating. But verse three connects to something that, that Danielle was just uh, kind of mentioning. It talks about, you know, sing choirs of angels, sing, sing in exultation, sing all ye citizens of heaven above. And what I want to think about is not just above, but we are we are part of that communion of saints that we are singing. And I, I just think it's a good... Um, a good text in that sense. The other one, which is maybe a little more saccharine, is the snow lay on the ground. Um, I don't know. A lot of people may not I don't know, know this. The snow lay on the ground, the star shone bright when Christ the Lord. But, but the last verse is what I want to just, the first part of it says, and thus the manger poor became a throne. And that kind of ties back to what, just the imagery oh, yeah. that is what I like. Yeah. Um, as because as Danielle noted earlier, you know, being born in a manger, being poor, and it it radically changes when we reflect on these kind of images. Our vision of 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 kingdom, of what royalty looks like, it invites us to break out of the norm, and that is something I think the church, 
within our families, within all structures. And that's why even Todd, you, you, you brought up the, the Magnificat that that those images are helping break down and, and yeah. the systems in place so that we can build up the kingdom of God as Jesus revealed to us. Um, and that takes time, obviously. We've been doing it for how many millennia? <laughs> yes, <now>? yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say, really, the heart of sin is a misappropriation of dominion. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. true dominion is and kingship is service. It's love. It's peace. It's right relationship. And that's why with christmas as a restoration of creation that's why it's so profound of what it calls us to truly be yeah Yeah. and in 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 these last three minutes i i would encourage our listeners these these are the texts i mean you will hear this you'll hear these things we've been talking about in the texts of our our liturgies and our hymns so pay attention to the words we sing during this Christmas season. Pay attention to the readings that are proclaimed in the, the masses and other liturgies of the Christmas season. Uh, pay attention to the, the, the prayer texts that the priest prays in the mass. You'll hear these things we're talking about in those lines and in those phrases. Right, Danielle? Right, Timothy? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Liturgy shapes us. All of the words give meaning to what it is we believe, what it, and how we pray is then how we live in the world. So it, it makes a difference. Listen, listen for those, those references to light. (laughs) Go ahead, Timothy. Well, I was just going to say, so the preface for the nativity, Todd, I think this is a good summary, you know, for in the mystery of the word made flesh, a new light of your glory has shone upon the eyes of our mind so that as we recognize in him, God made visible, we may be caught up through him in love of things invisible. Mm-hmm. And that image of light, again, that we have been gifted this wonderful um, uh, gift. I mean, I don't know how else, to, how else to say that, that we may recognize in him God made visible. It is it is the season of the incarnation. It is the season of light in the midst of so much darkness. It's the season. It's a sacramental season. It is the season of, 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 of uh, mystery um, and, 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 of Paschal mystery. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for for our listeners, remember, th- this is Wednesday before Christmas. We're going to rebroadcast this on the 29th next week. Timothy and Danielle, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you have Merry a wonderful Christmas, Christmas season. And you as well. And our Both listeners, yeah. And it was great to be together again. We'll, Absolutely. For we, sure. We'll be back next month. Until then. God bless God everyone. Bless. Bye-bye. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.